Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Thank you for continuing to uh, to listening to my ramblings. Many of you found the look back on the Women's European Championships really interesting. And thank you very much for the feedback on that one. Uh, it took quite a bit of effort to to put that one together, but we saw how our lionesses have fared over the years. To say it's been a little bit up and down is an understatement. Uh, but the lionesses, once again, that is where our focus lies. What with the tournament about to begin on the 6th of July. England, we open up the competition with the first game at a sold-out Old Trafford against Austria. Then there are games against Norway and Northern Ireland. But that look-back episode on previous Euros, that can still be found at your podcast provider of choice or 3lionspodcast.com. So let's crack on. Let's talk women. Manager Serena Weigman, she announced her squad back on the 15th of June. Now, just before that, she had announced a 28-player squad, which then had to be reduced to 23 under the competition's rules. So all the girls began training together at St George's Park. And shortly before the recent friendlies, the hard decision to cut five from the squad was announced. We'll come to those who missed out in a moment. But first, let's run through that squad who will hopefully bring the trophy home come the 31st of July at Wembley Stadium. So goalkeepers, there are three of them. Mary Earps, Hannah Hampton and Ellie Roebuck. Defenders, Millie Bright, Lucy Bronze, Jess Carter, Rachel Daly, Alex Greenwood, Demi Stokes and Lottie Wubenmoy. Midfielders, Fran Kirby, Jill Scott, Georgia Stamway, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh and Leah Williamson. And then seven forwards, Bethany England, Lauren Hemp, Chloe Kelly, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris, Alessia Russo and Ellen White. It is a squad made up of eight from Manchester City. It's very City heavy. Uh, Arsenal have got four, as have Chelsea. Manchester United have three. Aston Villa have one. Houston Dash, there's of course Rachel Daly. Bayern Munich, Georgia Stanway has recently transferred to there. Uh, and I think it was almost whilst the squad was being announced, Lucy Bronze moved from Manchester City to Barcelona. So there are three overseas players within Serena's squad. Uh, of course, Jill Scott is the oldest and most experienced. This will be her fourth Euros. Uh, Leah Williamson, of course, is captain. Lauren Hemp, at just 21 years old, is the youngest. And Ellen White is, of course, the Lionesses' all-time top goal scorer. But we said, though, that there are five players that unfortunately missed out. They were Manchester City's Steph Horton, Everton's goalkeeper Sandy McCliver, Chelsea's Neve Charles, 
and the Manchester United pair of Katie Zellum and Lucy Staniforth. I think, unfortunately, Steph Horton was going to happen. She's been bugged by injuries of late. She's not played for the Lionesses since the 6-0 win over Northern Ireland back in February 2021. She's not played under Serena Weigman yet. She'd lost the captaincy. Sadly, I felt it was inevitable. Sandy McIver, with only three goalkeepers per squad. I think it was always going to be a toss-up between her and Hannah Hampton. Either would be capable as a backup keeper, should any issues arise with Mary Earps or Ellie Roebuck. And in the end, Hannah Hampton won out. Chelsea's Neve Charles, she's got two caps to her name, plays as a winger, come striker. Perhaps we're too blessed in that department. and She'll have to wait for a chance in the future. I'm sure it'll come, but maybe not this time. The Manchester United pair of Katie Zellum and, and Lucy Staniforth both missing out. Zellum maybe could have been a surprise pick, having had a respectable season, but with only two substitute appearances under Weigman, one of those in the 20-0 win over Latvia and the other in the 10-0 win over North Macedonia, I think it was going to be unlikely that she was going to be picked. Lucy Staniforth, perhaps the unlucky one as an attacking midfielder, capped 17 times previously. She's got tournament experience. But with the likes of Fran Kirby and Ella Toon already picked, perhaps there just wasn't enough room to squeeze her in. Uh, But I'm sure all of them will wish the girls that have been picked all the very best to go forward and pick this trophy up on home soil. But just as a quick guide to the tournament, it is a 16-team tournament. Four teams across four groups. Group A is England's, who, as I've said, are in with Austria, Norway and Northern Ireland. Group B is Germany, Spain, Denmark and Finland, and can probably be seen as the group of death. Group C holders the Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland and Portugal, and Group D is France, Italy, Belgium and Iceland. With regards to favourites... It's certainly not clear-cut. As hosts, we've got as good a chance as anyone. Netherlands, well, they're the holders and also World Cup runners-up. And if you consider the FIFA World Rankings, you'll see that Sweden, France and Germany, they're all top five. And there's also Spain with World Player of the Year, Alexia Putellas. They, too, stand a chance. This could be anyone's to win. Now, let's join up with Rich Laverty, who regularly joins us when we talk lionesses. Hello, Rich. Morning, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Excited? Yeah, it's snuck up. We've all been so busy. I mean, the build-up's been probably busier than ever, um, to be honest, in terms of all the media stuff going on. And then, yeah, suddenly you realise it's only, what, four days away, as we're speaking at the minute, so... Yeah, it's crazy, really. Like it's, it's strange in this job. You don't really get to enjoy it that much. You're always so busy, and then it's like everyone else is getting. We are excited. Don't get me wrong, but like everyone else is really excited. The fans are really excited, and we're sort of like completely snowed under with work and deadlines and interviews and media sessions. So, which is our job, and it's great. And you know, it's it's a great job to do. But yeah, it hasn't really. You don't really have that time to sit down and go. 
Oh, the first day, the first game is four days. Yeah. Is it kind of, I know, um, like you covered the World Cup, which obviously seems quite some time ago now. Is this kind of similar feeling to that? Um, it's different. People have asked me this various points about the difference between the World Cup and then obviously doing a home Euros. And <clears throat> there's pros and cons because I think, I think a home Euros has its benefits in terms of obviously like you're at home. Um, you know, if I'm in Sheffield or if I'm in Rotherham or I'm in Manchester, I can just come home. You know, I don't have to worry about hotels and it's the familiarity, you know, even of where your train station is, where's your taxis, you know, what, what, what are the trusted taxi companies? Where's the shop? Where's the, you know, all those things you've got to think about when you're abroad going to a new place. You don't have to do that here, but there is that added sort of excitement of going abroad and traveling, you know, in France, we got to go to some, you know, Nice was beautiful right down on the Riviera. Lyon was a fantastic city. La Havre was a bit quieter, a bit more quaint, but really nice. And you don't get that, but yeah, it's strange because a world cup probably is an event is bigger, but this is a one-off being our home Euros. The build-up has just been like the build-up probably started like four or five weeks ago in terms of media sessions and, We've probably had something on, you know, nearly every day or at least, you know, a couple of times a week um, since then. And, yeah, the tournament hasn't even started yet and it feels like we've done so many things. So, yeah, it's it's different in that being at home, there's a lot more going on. But, yeah, it, it, it's strange. Like, there are nice, you know, if we were in France, we'd probably be heading out there today or tomorrow or something, which obviously, yeah, here you just, I'm still just sat at home and, you know, Whenever I go, I can probably come home afterwards. Yeah. Do you remember the the previous Euros that were held here in England? No, I was. Um, I only just about remember the the previous Euros. Full stop, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was at, I was at the last Euros, but that was the first Euros that I did. Um, no, two thousand and five. It was. I've seen clips. I've watched videos. Like I, I've written about it as well. I've got something out coming out this week about that tournament. Um, yeah, it was it was strange because researching it, you know, considering it was seventeen years ago, there was big attendances, you know, for the yeah. England games, and you think, wow, you know, considering women's football wasn't really on the map um, at that point, you know, obviously the country quite embraced it. So, no, I don't remember it. I've watched videos, I've watched clips, I've spoken to players about it, but now for me, it's. Um, it's a bit before my memory. And to be fair, even if it wasn't, I don't think it would have even been on TV. So. No, I, I must admit, I don't remember it being on TV. There may have been highlights, and, and there isn't a great deal of YouTube footage from what I uh, from what I could find. Well, I think it's just that first game the, the when Kazkani scored in the last minute. I think I've seen that. Yeah, I think in terms of other games, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty scarce what's out there. Yeah. Well, let's bring it right up to date. Um, let's start with... We'll, we'll have a conversation. Let's start with the squad. We'll glance back at the recent friendlies and then look forwards to the uh, the main event itself, the uh, the the European Championships. The the squad. What 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 do you make of it? Strong squad. There obviously there were five omissions. Um, what what are your general thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a good squad. I wasn't massively shocked by anybody that got left out. I think there was a few that. I think there was definitely a few that, that were candidates to drop out, but I don't think any of them would have been a shock. I think it just depended on what Serena wanted. Did she want the extra defender? Did she want the extra midfielder? Or did she want the extra forward? And she's gone with the extra forward. So, you know, 
Neve Charles, Sandy McKeever, Lucy Staniforth, you know, I wasn't shocked at those. I thought it might be between taking Zellan or an extra forward. She's gone for the extra forward. And and I said at the back, it would probably be between Steph and, and Lotta. Um, and Steph obviously just hasn't proven her fitness. So, yeah, I think I think she's made probably the right decisions overall. You know, we've seen in, in the warm-up friendlies, the, the extra attacker, the depth that we've had, you know, they've all contributed, um, whether it's those started or those coming off the bench. So, yeah, I think she's probably so far got it right. But obviously, yeah, the tournament hasn't even started yet. But, you know, they have a lot of attacking options, um, probably more so than they've ever had. So, yeah, I think it's a good squad. I think, like I said, three or four of them probably not shocks to drop out. And then, yeah, I think obviously everyone was waiting to see whether Steph would be in it. But she's not fit. So that's that. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that was, that was the understandable one. But you say it's a... Very attacking-minded squad. The friendlies um, showed that. What was it? 12, uh, 12 goals, I think, scored across those. Mm. Uh, there was a 3-0 against Belgium, which seems quite some time ago now. There was the the 5-1 against the Netherlands, which was maybe a little bit of a shock, I thought, because considering the, the standard of the Netherlands, but at the same time, it's it's a, a pre-tournament game. Um, and then recently there was the, the 4-0 win over Switzerland away. What what do we really take from those? Um, I think you can always take positives and negatives. I mean, she'll be very pleased with how many goals they scored, definitely. Um, she will be pleased that they stayed patient because they were actually drawing all three games at halftime. Um, you know, and they, they lasted it. They, they stuck with it. and But... You know, the, the one thing you get in friendlies is you get a lot of changes, you get a lot of subs, and, you know, that they everyone start changing their teams in the second half. It all gets a bit sort of stretched and a bit muddled. And, you know, the Netherlands, they were pretty, they were a different sort of phase to England in their build-up. That was their first game. and But, you know, they're all teams that will be at the Euros, you know, and then they beat Belgium pretty comfortably. They beat Switzerland the other day pretty comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I think if they played the Netherlands at the tournament, I don't think it would be 5-1. Um, mm. But, you know, you've got to be positive. At the end of the day, you win three games and you win them all by at least a three-goal margin. You know, you're doing something right. And I think, like I said, the biggest thing for Serena will be if it's not working, she's got tons of options off the bench. You know, whatever front four she starts with, there's another four on the bench because she's taken eight attackers. So, and you get five subs at this tournament. So, you know, that for a team like England, that will help massively because we've got so many options to bring on. So, yeah, for me, it, it, it's positive. It, it means nothing in terms of winning the tournament. Um, you still got to go out there and, and do the job. These are friendlies at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, you'd rather, you'd rather win all three, have 12 goals, you know, two clean sheets and, you know, plenty of players contributing than, than if you were going into it off the back of a, a couple of defeats. That's right. The The only goal they conceded was that one against the Netherlands. Um, Mary Ope's pretty much not not really troubled from what I saw of the of the, the three games. I didn't actually see the, the Switzerland game. My only other sort of concern was that we weren't taking early chances and only when we bought some substitutes on or changed it around, that's when the the chances came or, or we took the chances. So do, do we think Serena knows her starting 11? 
no, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we do, but I actually don't think that's a massive issue because I think if you knew you starting 11 at this point, it probably means that the squad players are not doing enough. Um, okay. I think the fact that pretty, I mean, obviously Ellen White missed the last two games in COVID, but, you know, everyone else, Russo scored, Beth England scored, you know, Chloe Kelly scored, got a couple of assists, you know, when, when Keats came on, you know, she, she was lively. Um, Lauren Hemp obviously contributed, Beth Mead contributed. So like, any of them could start, but the, the, it was funny because someone said in commentary the other day, the Switzerland game in this England team at the minute, it almost looks better to be one of the players coming on, Yeah, you know, against tired legs. And I think that's, that's a fair point. Like, I think whether you start or not, you're going to get a chance to contribute. So no, I don't think she, I think she knows a goalkeeper. I'm not even sure if she knows a back four now because Leah Williamson went into defence and, Beegman seemed to intimate that she was more comfortable there and, and that's an option and that sort of reshuffles everything then because you probably push Greenwood across the left back. You then need someone else to come in the midfield. So it's a bit of a strange one that that was probably a, a bit of a curveball that she didn't expect. Um, yeah, I don't think she does know a team for Wednesday yet, but I'm sure she'll work it out. I'm sure she'll sit down now with the coaches and look back over the last three games and, and decide what's best to do. But I don't think Wiegmann is someone that is too flustered by anything. I, I don't think she'll get carried away by anything. I think she will have probably had an idea because at the end of the day, it's Austria. It's yeah. not Netherlands. It's, it's not Belgium. It's not Switzerland. You know, they've played them before. It's a tough game. They're solid. She'll have probably already had an idea of which players she wanted to play against Austria even before these three games. So she might take these three games into account, but I also think she will have probably already had an idea in the head of, of what she wants to do in this game. And and yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully find a bit more out on, on Tuesday when she does her press conference. Okay. So, well, let, let's move on to the, the tournament as a whole. England's group consists of, of Norway, Northern Ireland and Austria. Austria, as we've just said, is the, the opening game being played at Old Trafford, um, sold out. Which is which is great. As for the tournament, do you think there could be a a surprise or an upset in there somehow? I know that um, obviously Portugal have come in replacing Russia. Um, I mean, we couldn't have a um, a Denmark Euro ninety two situation, could we? Um, I think it'd be tough. Um, I, I don't mind Portugal. Actually. I was surprised they didn't qualify. They've got some really exciting players, but. <sighs> I think there's too many good teams for something to be quantified as an upset. I mean, if one of the main six doesn't win it, and by that I say England, France, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, Sweden, you know, maybe a Denmark could go far, maybe an Italy could go far. But I think if it was one of, if it wasn't one of those six, you'd be quite surprised. Um, and I think I don't think any of those six could quantify it as an upset. So yeah, I think it'll be it will be tough. For an upset, I think, yeah, there's definitely a couple. And obviously we saw it with Denmark last time, you know, that there's generally always maybe one team that does surprise you and goes a little bit further. But I think the the, the top teams are so strong now um, that, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't envisage the winner not coming from one of those sort of more established six because, you know, they are so strong and, and there are 
the other teams are catching up, but I just don't think they're there quite yet. Yeah. With okay, with with regards to players, there's there's so many big players for for various for various teams, even sort of outside of the um, those those bigger teams. I mean, we've got sort of even when in our group, there's uh, is it Re- Rebecca McKenna um, is a is good player, but then for Northern Ireland, um, but then there's some of the players for for Germany, Lena Obdorf. Um, and of course, for Spain, uh, Alexia Patelis. Who who else can we look at? Could be a a surprise player, potential player of the tournament. Oh, there's so many. Like, <laughs> I know you've done your fifty. It will, yeah. I mean, it would be such a it's such a good tournament. Like, I mean, you could pick you could pick a dozen from every team. If I'm being honest, I think. I like France's attack, Katoto, Diani, Baltimore, Mallard, you know, real three of them, you know, really young, exciting players. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I mean England, England are similar, you know, with with Toon, with Russo, with Hemp, you know, it's probably Kelly, one of the youngest and sort of most exciting attacks England have had in some time. Similar with Norway, obviously Hegerberg's back. Um, but they've got some really exciting young attacking players, Germany. There's a, there's a lot of the big teams have sort of gone in a bit of a transition in the last year or two. I mean, Germany a little bit as well enforced because they've lost the likes of Marijan um, with injury. Melanie Leopold is pregnant. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot. You know, Spain have got Claudia Pina up front, you know, youngster at Barcelona. She might be a bit more prominent now with, with Jenny Hermoso out injured. There's a girl called Kika Nazareth for Portugal. Um, she's 19 years old and she's so exciting. Like I love watching her. I think if there was maybe a player at one of the lesser teams, people to watch, I think it would be her. Um, but even, you know, your Belgium, your Belgium have got a 19 year old out on the wing who is very exciting, Hannah Erling. So there's, there's a lot, mate. There's a lot. I mean, I could probably sit here for the rest of today and, <laughs> and list them out. I think people, would, it, it's, you know, I said, there's always a team that kind of comes from, I don't want to say nowhere, but, you know, there tends to also be a player that does it. You know, I think the last Euros, that was probably Lika Martins, you know, and Lika was quite established, but, you know, she was at Rosengard. She wasn't playing for Barcelona at that point. And then she had a massive European Championships and, and her career took off from there. So I think um, there's there's tons of candidates, mate, but, you know, they'll we'll see in the next few weeks. Well, the big question everyone is going to ask is how far... Can England go? Care to put your uh, life on the line? Yeah, I've, I've gone back and forth on it, mate. And like, you get swayed by friendlies and things like that. I mean, I, I've backed Sweden to win it. I really have. I think they're probably the ones with a bit of consistency in their team, in their coach. And, you know, everyone else has either had a new coach or you've got young players. And I think there's only one player under the age of 23 in the Sweden squad. <sighs> they could go all the way, mate. They could, like, I think they've got the players to do it, but it's so hard. Like you could be out of the quarterfinals and do nothing wrong. England could win all three of their group games, and then you get lumbered with Germany or Spain, you know, in the the quarterfinal, and you could go out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's the same for them. You know, of course. we're all talking about Germany, Spain, France. You know, Sweden. any any of them could be out by the quarterfinal. You know, only four can get to the semis, and for me, there's eight really good teams at this tournament. So. Four of them aren't even going to make the semi-finals. 
Um, and that's just the brutal reality now um, of women's football. You know, I think if England do go out in the quarters, it would definitely be seen as a failure. But, uh, if, you know, if you come up against Spain or you come up against Germany, you don't have a God-given right to win and, and they'll be saying the same thing. So, <laughs> if, if you win this tournament, you are going to have deserved it because, you know, you are going to have to... Have, you play only six games, but, you know, at least you know, your three knockout games and at least one of your group games are going to be incredibly tough. So, you know, full props to whoever was sat here in, it's only 29 days away, the final, it's not even started yet. Um, but yeah, whoever was sat talking about in a month's time, you know, they're going to have deserved it. I don't think you're going to be able to bring luck into the equation. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, you're going to be a, a very busy guy over the the next month. What what are your plans and, and where can we... Uh, where can we read your, your musings and, and see and, and hear from you? Various places. I mean, it's a tour, you know, I'll be picking up little bits of freelance here and there, um, like I did at the World Cup. It's going to be slightly different um, just for a number of factors. A, UEFA have not been very flexible with accreditation um, for a lot of people because obviously they're, they've picked stadiums that don't have massive press boxes. But for me, it was already going to be quite different anyway just because of my role up here with Sheffield United. Obviously, we're back in pre-season now, so I've got, you know, responsibilities um, up here with the women and with the academy. And I will be involved with the Bramall Lane games anyway. So, you know, I can't just disappear off down south at every opportunity for an England game. So I'll definitely be down in Southampton for the third one against Northern Ireland. But yeah, largely for the group stage, I'll be up here. You know, I'll be doing games at Bramall Lane. I'll, I'll be out and about meeting fans, meeting other journalists, doing features. I want to do a lot of the media days as well. That was something you don't often get to do at tournaments because you are just basically following around one team and you're flying around the country or, you know, but obviously with Netherlands, Sweden, France, Italy, you know, etc. all up here. I mean, Switzerland are training at a place called Rothwell, which is like 10 minutes from where I live. So, you know, it makes... You know, it's a waste of time if you if you you get that opportunity you yeah. go see them or, or speak to a couple of players then you know you don't get that chance every day to go and have an international team training ten minutes from where you live so um, yeah it's going to be a little bit different but you know at the end of the day I'm a feature writer I'm not a match you know I've never really been a match reporter so for me being at the games is is not the main part of my job um you can do that off the tv if really necessary so but yeah i'm going to be doing a few little different things mate and uh but yeah obviously i've got my responsibility with with chef as well so it's it'll be busy it'll be definitely very busy but it'll be a different sort of tournament to usual where you're just following one team around a country i think you've got so many teams on your doorstep um i don't want to waste the opportunity to to try and do something a little bit different yeah well we know where to find you on Twitter. Uh, I will plug that. Um, but yeah, no, thanks for joining us once again. And yeah, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy um, enjoy following it all around. And yeah, let, let's catch up as it as it goes along. Not a problem, mate. Thanks for having me on as usual. You're all welcome. Cheers. Thank you as always to Rich there. You can follow him throughout the tournament on Twitter at Rich J Laverty and at various media outlets. We'll be interesting to see who he bumps into. Uh, but I hope to speak with him again 
as the tournament progresses, but I appreciate he may be a busy fellow. With regards to how I'm going to follow the tournament here on the Three Lions podcast, I've made a decision to do a group stage review. As I know from experience just how busy and time-consuming it can be going game by game. Uh, Plus, I do know I've got some other commitments after the second game, the Norway one, which by the time I'd get around to putting an episode out, the final group game would be fast upon us. Hopefully, though, I can do more of the knockouts when they come around. I myself haven't got tickets for any of the, the Lionesses group games. I do, however, have ticket for match number 26, which is the quarter-final at Brentford, which, should England finish second in the group, then they'd play there. So in a in a selfish way, I kind of hope they do finish second. I mean, we can still get to the final, going via that route. <laughs> Uh, Of course, I wish the Lionesses all the very best. If you are going to any of the games, do enjoy them. Be great to see your photos. Send them my way. Happy to retweet them. You know where you can find the uh, the Three Lions podcast on Twitter, at three, the number, Lions podcast. And whilst you're on the way to the games, why not tune in to some of the previous episodes? Makes total sense. Of course, there is that episode where we looked back on how the Lionesses or the England women have previously done at the European Championships. Call it an education. But let's hope for a great summer of exciting football. So until then, look after yourselves, take care, cheers. (laughs) 